Hi, and welcome to Portable History. I'm your host, Porter, and I welcome you to another episode. This is the fifth episode of the first season, which is on American history. In this episode, we will talk about the crucial ten days, as in the Battle of Trenton and the Battle of Princeton, in which Washington begins to turn the tide of the war. We will also discuss the Battle of Saratoga and the Saratoga Campaign. Now let us begin. If you remember from last episode, we talked about Declaration of Independence, and we also talked about Washington's army being in retreat after losing Fort Washington and Fort Lee. So, during this retreat, they are in the New Jersey area, and Washington tells Charles Lee, who's another general, to march into New Jersey. Charles Lee doesn't march, but eventually he does and enters New Jersey December 12th. So as he's marching, Charles Lee decides to go to a tavern, and there he is captured by a British patrol. Washington isn't too mad about the capture of Charles Lee because he countermined Washington so often that, like, George Washington actually, like, yelled at him, and George Washington was known for being cool-headed and not very easy to get mad at. Charles Lee does, again, eventually get returned to the Americans at a prisoner exchange and exemplifies his, again, not very well general skills by retreating at the Battle of Mammoth. So you have Charles Lee, who's taken prisoner, and Washington's in retreat. So he decides to make a plan that will change the course of the war. And this is called the Crucial Ten Days, these next few battles. So Washington says that necessity, dire necessity, will, they must justify the attempt. The plan is to cross the Delaware River. Christmas night to attack German mercenaries across the river in Trenton, New Jersey. On Christmas Eve, the eve of the Battle of Trenton, George Washington reads Thomas Paine's The American Crisis to his troops. Quote, These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his countrymen, but he that stands it, now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. With this morale booster, two nights later, on Christmas night, they begin to cross the Delaware. By 8 a.m., they have crossed and are closing in on Trenton. The German mercenaries are com- taken by complete surprise, but fight valiantly. They are defeated by the Americans within 90 minutes which is an hour, 30 minutes. And the crazy part is that there was zero American casualties. That's how quick and deadly the Americans were. So through sheer willpower, Washington keeps the American Revolution alive because if he had not won the Battle of Trenton and the Battle of Princeton, which we will talk about later, then the British would have forced them and could have just destroyed the American army. And the revolution would have ended before it even gone to full swing. 
But the Americans win the Battle of Trenton, and they win the Battle of Princeton. So the American Revolution is still alive. So one of Washington's friends named Morris writes to him. The year 1776 is over. I am heartily glad of it and hope you nor America will ever be plagued with such another. So Morris, he is, as I said, a friend of Washington, but he's also really rich Philadelphian. And he gives Washington loans, which allow his army to survive the winter and have enough supplies to keep on going. So the year is 1777 in early January, and Washington is encamped in Trenton. He has a big problem, though. He has enlistments expiring, which means he's going to lose so much of his force. And he's really worried that unless he takes a strike against the British, forcing them to retreat, then he will be destroyed. And General Cornwallis and... General Howe know this, and so General Howe sends General Cornwallis with the British troops to, with direct orders to destroy the American force. So the American position is pretty good. They set up their troops on the high ground, and they have the Assunpink Creek in front of them as a defensive moat. They also have the Delaware River behind them which is good and bad. It's good because then the British can't flank them, but it's bad because then they can't retreat. So Washington, knowing this, realizes that this is going to be a battle for the American army. It's a battle of life or death. So he sends a small group of his force to harass the British on their way and to slow them down and take a big toll on the British army. So he sends them and he does and it slows the British down a lot and good for the Americans it does really hurt the British forces but they keep on marching. So the British, they start sending waves across the Assin Pink River, and it becomes a death zone for the British. The American soldiers and their cannon just keep on raining bullets and cannon shells down as they're trying to cross the river. So the British, after a couple waves, night comes and they encamp. But what little does he know is that Washington has plans to escape. Lord Cornwallis, he doesn't realize this because the Americans has set up, have set up fires and they sent some troops to pretend like they're digging so the British still think they're at Trenton. But in reality, most of Washington's force is, force is escaping. So, like I said, General Cornwallis is really overconfident right now and he says, the old fox is safe now. This is, he is in the bag, but George Washington's army, not only did they escape, but they are marching towards Princeton, where the British were originally garrisoned, until they marched on Trenton and lost. So, as he's, so he marches to Princeton, and he wins against the British garrison there, and so that's three victories in a row for George Washington. 
And so the Howe brothers, General Howe and Admiral Howe, decide just to evacuate central New Jersey and leave it for George Washington. So George Washington, he has basically most of New Jersey now to himself. And so he decides to set up camp in Moorestown, New Jersey, where he waits for the British, and there's just a general lone fighting. There's not any major battles, like a couple skirmishes, but there's nothing big, and it's the end of George Washington's winter campaign for that year. So, like I said, enlistments are expiring, and that's why George Washington did this final winter campaign to kick the British out of New Jersey. So, during the spring, he asks the Continental Congress for 7,500 troops, but he only gets half that number because the militiamen don't really want to send as much troops because most of them are just citizens and they have a family and they have a farm to be working on because it's spring and they have to plant the crops and get everything ready so in fall they can have a good harvest and actually make money. The funny thing is, Congress does get one thing done. So they can't give George Washington all the troops he needs, but they do decide on a official flag design, which Betty Ross dis- makes and it's the 13 stars, blue, red, white, the old American flag before we got 50 stars after the 50 states. So that's about the end of what we're going to talk about for George Washington's army. But now we're going to talk about the Battle of Saratoga, which is happening in the fall, partially the summer, not really the summer, and the winter of 1777. So the the British decided to attack New England from Canada, which would split the colonies in half and really wreak havoc on American morale and American supply lines and be a big problem for the Americans. So, the British decided to send General Burgoyne to lead this offensive for the British. And he recruits the help of some Native Americans. So, when he gets there, he has more troops. But it's not the amount of troops that he was actually expecting. But back in London, he's notorious for being a gambler. And so, he decides to gamble this campaign. He decides to continue with it and attack sooner, even though he has less troops. So, his plan is to attack Albany, Lake Chaplin, and Fort Tictoronga. And on July 5th, he does succeed in taking the fort. So, after he takes his fort, he makes a pretty stupid mistake, which is not the stupidest mistake, but it's very critical that he does this move. He rests for three weeks in this fort, and that allows militiamen released from the fall harvest 
from all the New England area to rush into Albany to defend the revolution, to defend America. So the British continue advancing, and eventually they take Fort Edward, and again they rest, and throughout this time, troops are going to join the American cause. So after taking Fort Edward, the British decide to send a force of 750 men to go get food. So, as the British are searching for food, they run into a group of militia and fighting ensues. This battle is a pretty big battle and there's a lot of losses on each side. But despite this, the British continue their advance, and on September 13th, they cross the Hudson River. On September 19th, the armies engage again. And the hero of this battle, and generally this campaign, is Benedict Arnold. He leads the attack, he takes a preemptive strike against the British, and he really pushes the British back, and it's a very severe loss to the British. So, the British begin to rest again, and this time they're waiting for reinforcements. But no reinforcements come, and on October 7th, the British can't wait any longer, and they decide to uh, attack again. Benedict Arnold is again the hero, and... Despite his general's orders, he leads a counterattack, which forces the British back again. So, during this second battle, this is the Battle of Saratoga, the British lose 7,200 men, dead and taken prisoners. And finally, after this loss, the British are forced to surrender October 17th. So, after the British surrender, it's the end of the Saratoga campaign. The British have lost a lot of their men, and they don't try a attack into New England from Canada again. So, during the Saratoga campaign and the battles there, General Howe and George Washington are circling each other, minor battles, but nothing big. And eventually, General Howe decides to leave New York and attack Pennsylvania. So, they're leaving by boat, still leaving men, of course, to defend New York. But he's trying to take the capital of America. And so, the voyage was supposed to take a week. But it takes 32 days, and food bakes in the sun, it's rotting, men are getting sick, and it's really bad to the British. But by the end of the August, General Howe does make it back and lands in Maryland, and he is preparing for a fight. So that's what we'll be picking off next episode. I hope you enjoyed, and thank you for watching.